We hear the cliche all the time, I've been saved, I've been saved, I was saved on November, whatever, whatever. What in the world does that mean? What are we saved from and who are we saved to on this episode of Inverse? Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. In this topic of education, we've been looking at different aspects of education. Not education in the book sense, not education in the curriculum sense, not education in the school sense, but education in the spiritual sense. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Inverse. We are in this arc of education, and we have our friends in the studio, and we want to welcome you to take a deeper look at education, whether you're educated or not, whether you have a degree or not. It's about life. It's about salvation. Mm -hmm. And this is a topic that's kind of abstract and we've been kind of floating around but so far I think every uh, the last two episodes have been very 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 good absolutely uh, and I've been very very blessed by them uh, we're gonna have a prayer by some brother Sebastian and uh, it makes you sound like a monk you know I know right I was uh, gonna say that by by our bro Sebastian <laughs> and uh, that sounds different in a different way anyway let's please pray for us because we yes. really need it right now amen let's pray our father we thank you so much for your word we thank you for who you are and we especially want to thank you for being our Redeemer. And we ask that you may guide us in this discussion. And we pray with David that you would open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things. Hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we're looking at this topic of God, knowing God as Redeemer. Redeemer. We've looked at knowing God as Creator. We've looked at knowing God. And uh, some themes are going to be repeated, but I think that's good because some of these things are, are kind of up there. And we don't want to be just kind of waxing eloquently and living in mm -hmm. ivory towers. But, but re repetition is good for the soul. I'm mixing, impression. mixing two, things, <laughs> two things there. Uh, let's go to Genesis 3. Genesis 3, chapter 3, verses 1 through 15. And then, Callie, uh, if you can read that for us, that'd be great. Yes, absolutely. Starting in verse 1. Mm -hmm. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Hath God indeed said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the woman said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, 
Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. All right. Thanks, Kelly. That was a long passage, but I think this was very foundational to what we're trying to do or trying to uh, talk about here, mm -hmm. especially that last verse, verse 15. So for those of you who are reading along with us, and I mean, if you may have zonked out or if you are paying attention to your phone, <laughs> we want you to go back to the text and read it over because it's good to, to get this in your mind. So Siku, uh, maybe we can kind of we can rewind a little bit and in the last two episodes, what are some things, what are some points that you remember or kind of fly over and, and, and catch us up to speed on this episode? Okay. Well, we like you said, we, we've talked about uh, being acquainted with God mm -hmm. as um, the foundation thing in our education mm -hmm. an acquaintance with God and then in the next episode we're talking with being acquainted with him as creator mm -hmm. um, because this gives us insight into who God is and the way that who he is impacts our education mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, him as a creator and coming to now so we were Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 he creates everything he creates humanity and he creates us in his image mm -hmm. and we get to chapter 3 now um, I'd, I'd call the beginning, especially the beginning verses in chapter 3, um, the fall of man, mm -hmm. the miseducation of fall humanity. Fall of humanity, the man and woman. We always want to make sure that that's established <laughs> because there's some people out there, oh, it was just the man that fell. But it's just, just, the, just, I don't know, the narrative does point out that the woman was the first to be tempted. Mm. Yes, and, and yet and it was Adam's fall that yes. plunged us into all this. So yes. the fall of <laughs> humanity. The, <laughs> the fall of humanity. <laughs> this conversation must take place like in every church, in every youth group. Shots all fired. The world. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For thousands of years after this, this is what Adam and Eve has covered. Yeah, and <laughs> the man did it. <laughs> the woman you gave to me. Totally, totally. Right. So the fall of humanity. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amen. Um, the fall of humanity out term, out terms of miseducation mm -hmm. um, of humanity, because you you have, I mean, you have right there the serpent saying, "Did God say this?" Mm. Um, but God said this because he's trying to withhold knowledge from you. Mm -hmm. And so there's this, this element of God is trying to withhold some kind of knowledge or information from you that can be granted to you outside of the confines mm -hmm. of his will. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's how we fall into this whole thing. Yeah, and that was a very, very profound point brought up a couple episodes. I don't know which episode. But that there is, I mean, these individuals had had uh, uh, unadulterated contact right. with yeah. God. They had access yes. to all infinity, everything. Mm -hmm. And the temptation wasn't to, for, for them to like, hey, follow me. Or I mean, there was all those components too. But the main thing was, hey, there's some information that's being withheld from you. Mm -hmm. there, there is some knowledge. There is some education, if mm -hmm. you will, that's outside the purview, and that will make you better, more, or, or whatever, you know, we, we were the text. Yes. Uh, that was, that's a very profound point, because that is the temptation that all of us uh, encounter on a, on a daily mm -hmm. basis in terms of our life, life, lifetimes as well. Right. And, and going off of your point is it, it causes us to undermine this idea that more is always better. Mm. And we, we kind of get into the, you know, what one researcher calls the paradox of choice, that more options actually leads to greater happiness. Mm. But the research shows that's the opposite, right? It's the fewer the options, the, the greater the limitations, the more satisfaction mm -hmm. with the choices that are made. So when God comes in and says, yeah, don't eat of this tree, mm -hmm. the restriction is so small compared to the freedom that exists. Mm -hmm. But yet the devil is like, no, any restriction is a bad restriction. Mm -hmm. All knowledge is valuable knowledge. But in the biblical concept of how to develop a person, it lets us know that no, only certain information is useful and valuable. All information 
is not useful. You don't need to know evil in order to do good and to pursue good and to live according to God's purpose. And in terms of quantity, the irony is, is that, that, that that which is evil is one tree, mm-hmm. and that which is good are all the trees right. the rest. And so in terms of quantity, it's not even a really a, a statistical, mm-hmm. n- you know, negligible number. Yeah. Uh, but that is what uh, what what Satan won uh, with uh, that, mm-hmm. that, that statistic. Um, but that, uh, as I say, the lie comes to actually a distrust of God's character. Right. Um, so it's it's saying yes, you know, God has withheld this one thing from you, and but it's because His character is malicious. There's something in God's character. So if you're going to trust God as you know as your educator or as the one who is going to develop you. Um, you you can't trust him because he has withheld this from you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really comes down to a trust of God's character, which interestingly enough, like in any educational situation, it really does come down to trust. Mm-hmm. You know, do you trust the person who is giving you this information? And so in this age of, you know, mm. internet, you know, you can Google everything. Like, you know, I've heard um, friends of mine who are doctors and in the medical practice, they have a hard time because someone comes into your office and they think they know better than the doctor. You know, they're going to say, well, <laughs> WebMD said, I've got this. And the mm. doctor's like, okay, so all these years. <laughs> right. Um, you know, medical and it's kind school, of, yeah, <laughs> like it's like there's no trust anymore. So you can't educate the person on what they should do mm-hmm. to accomplish better health results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in any, any kind of encounter where there's some kind of education or development or knowledge or growth that should happen, and, and there's an, it's an individual who's responsible for that, you have to trust them mm-hmm. that they, they have your best interest in mind, that they have the knowledge to, to provide for mm-hmm. you in order to accomplish that. And I'm going ahead of ourselves like the faith thing. But, uh, that's okay. but, like that's what's, but what's being challenged here in God is a trust in him. Is he worthy of my trust? It, as far as concerns what knowledge I acquire. I, I, I want to, I want to uh, appreciate and, and go back to the, the thought that the, 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 the gist is, one, is that the goodness of God has been questioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and just to tie in what you were saying, Sebastian, we've replaced the goodness of God with just more stuff. Yep. Right? More, 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 more. And this, 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 this quest for more, 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 more is trying to satiate that desire for, for to the goodness of God and that trust factor. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and how many of us, you know, we have a million degrees and feel like finally I've, I've, achieved, I've achieved a certain level of my life where you uh-huh. know, our trust can be established uh, with me or, or, or is the search for, for certainty and trust. Um, Callie, what is going on on your side of the world there? Uh, I'm, in I'm here. just listening. I'm just <laughs> um, in Genesis three, what is what is the angle that 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 this that Lucifer, Satan, the snake, the serpent is going on to tempt uh, humanity towards there? Um, I, I wasn't going to go down that, but I mean, it's, it's just overarching this, this the deception. Um, and trying to wreck what God has created. Mm-hmm. So he wants them to, he wants them to, to doubt God, but not just to have that one doubt and then carry on their merry way. But Satan understands the implications of going out of, of God's will because Satan did it and he fell. And so he understands. So he's like, yeah, I want to, I want to bring that corruption and that degradation and that offshootness here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I'm kind of going back to really quick and it's, it's unoriginal, but it always strikes me as interesting that verse five is technically correct of what the serpent says or what Satan says. Verse five just says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Like those things are true. God knows that you like knowing, knowing God does know good and evil and you don't. So that does make you a little bit more like God in that sense. And 
he knows that your eyes will be opened and but it's just that yeah that god wants to he wants to spare us from the burden of that knowledge mm -hmm. and this idea of, of more is better just really speaks to me because i'm an endlessly curious person and i like to know everything but god doesn't withhold from us because he's arbitrary or because he's mean or because he's selfish mm -hmm. but he's like man that knowledge will hurt you because Knowing good and evil means you have to experience good and evil. Mm -hmm. You can't just know about it. You have to experience it. Well, it sounds and like God doesn't being tempted by the curiosity of, the, of this knowledge. When we come back after the break, we're going to try to save Callie from this curiosity. <laughs> that she can taste of all the trees of the garden and taste that kind of knowledge as well. So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Welcome back. We're in Genesis chapter 3, and we've been looking at the different ways that Satan has tempted all of us and tempted Adam and Eve, our original parents. And Callie was commiserating a little bit with, uh, with Satan there. Like, yeah, I'm kind of curious on that side as well. And, and that's true. But how, how has that impacted us? Yeah, we've, been, we've talked about the, 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 the nature, the image of God that was once in us. Mm -hmm. And that, that image has been broken. Uh, how does that impact our ability to know, to see, to understand? What if well, I think our, our, our foundational lens by which we view the world is distinctively altered. Mm. We see that as soon as man fell, they were hiding from the one person who had only done them good. Mm. So we see the brokenness of relationship, of trust of others, mm. right, that comes as a result of sin, which makes sense why God would hate it so much mm. and why he would restrict it. Just this one tree has completely altered your worldview of how you see everything, even that which has only blessed you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I hid myself because I was afraid of me. Like, what would make you afraid of me? Mm -hmm. I gave you your wife, the garden, the earth. I created you. Like, I've only brought that which tantalized your senses, right, which only, you know, elevated your mind. And now your reaction is hiding from God. So I think when we see how many people are so reticent about religion, resistant to pursuing the spiritual and seeking out God in their life, we see that as a result of the fall. We don't seek after God. And therefore, the foundation of our education has been completely disrupted. Mm. You just remove the foundation. Well, I'm going to learn about physics and science, the works of the Creator, but never understanding that those works point to something even greater beyond itself. It's like Satan has put us in a trap. You know, human humanity has been created with, the, with this desire for success, for meaning, for relationships, for knowledge, for wisdom, and it's, it's this, this infinite yearn, this infinite curiosity that, that Callie has been, has, has naturally in her heart, and all for <laughs> all of us. And then uh, God is the only one who can satiate all of those, all at the same time in a very fulfilling way, and then develop us for, for eternity. Yeah. And then Satan comes and just kind of disconnects it, wipes that out. But we're still left with this, with this yearning and thirst, and he supplements it with all X, Y, and Z, which is like, you know, mm -hmm. nothing. And so mm -hmm. we're, we're left unsatiated. That's right. Uh, that is the human condition, mm -hmm. unsatiation, if that's even a word. Siku. I mean, I, I, think, I think that's, that, that's powerful because um, there, there may be a temptation sometimes to be like, well, okay, because we're saying education is foundationally about knowing God, that you're saying then do not study physics, do not study science, do not... 
But in reality, it's that the, the ultimate fulfillment that we could get from studying these things only comes in the context of their relation to God. Mm, yes. Like really at the end of the day, when I understand biology in the context of God as the creator of the body, mm -hmm. then biology has its fullest fulfillment in my understanding, right? Um, mm -hmm. So in whatever field of study, outside of the context of God as its foundation, um, then it becomes, you know, we're just groping in the darkness yes, and, yes. and this this cavern that can never be yeah. filled, no matter yeah. how much we study. And, and I think there's a great irony in that, because mm -hmm. I remember when I was a student, I would bifurcate the two. I'd right. have God, spiritual life, and church here, and then my success and my ambition and, 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 and biology mm -hmm. and academia mm -hmm. here, and this would make my character to be more unchristlike, right? Oh, it would yeah. make me competitive. It would yeah. make me proud. I'm like, man, Sebastian is dumb. Siku <laughs> is, is, is my enemy. She's my rival and trying yeah, to be number yeah. one in society. And then I had the audacity to pray to God to help me success in this world. Yes. That, that, is, that is the great Mercy. irony. Yeah. And then when God doesn't answer that prayer, I'm like, what, what, what is going, what, you don't, you don't even care. You know, this is yeah. the great, uh, 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 chapter three mm -hmm. happened in my life. And on yes. the flip, on the flip side, you've got the really, really devoted Christian who is mm -hmm. anti-education because mm -hmm. they see the the evil results, the pernicious results of like competitiveness and selfishness mm -hmm. that comes out of the wrong system of education. Mm -hmm. Whereas, it's not that God is saying no to mm -hmm. that. He's mm -hmm. saying yes, we should Christians should be the smartest in their classes mm. because when you have God at the center of it, you it, it opens up new vistas of understanding that you can't have actually mm -hmm. without God in the picture. Mm -hmm. And then you bring it out of academia, it's, we should be the very best parents, we should be the very mm -hmm. best neighbors, we should right, be the right. very best CEOs, whatever whatever we are, uh, we should be the very best at. I'm just trying to bring it out of context mm -hmm. of students. Here, we're going to Callie and then, and then back to, to Sebastian. <laughs> Callie. Um, so kind of switching gears just for a moment of, you know, talking about how that God redeems us and he restores us from this Genesis 3 experience is I used to think about he's restoring us in the taking us away from the practical parts of sin. So meaning that Jesus is going to restore me, me I'm, I'm going to stop saying bad words. I'm going to always be nice. And it's just all these little different details and practical points. But even part of the restoration process is one of a Christ-centered and a correct and real worldview mm. because... You know, you see it here in Genesis 3 of, let's start with responsibility, right? So immediately, Adam, what did you do? Uh, Eve. Eve, what did you do? Uh, serpent. Like there's no personal responsibility or acknowledgement of choices. Yes. And then at the same time, they're also trying to be independent. Like I'm going to sew these clothes and keep myself. I don't, I'm not going to like talk to God and ask him to fix it. I'm going to take care of it myself. Yes. So they're depend, they're independent where they should be dependent and they're taking off responsibility at the same time where God has called us that the right worldview is taking responsibility for yourself, but fully understanding our dependence on mm. God. Mm -hmm. So you don't, it's not one or the other. Right. And so just that, that idea that God wants to restore, it's not even like a worldview, it's he wants to restore reality into our hearts. Mm -hmm. Because it didn't change just because we stopped seeing it. Mm -hmm. It's always been the way it is. We just yes. got confused along the way. Amen. Mm -hmm. I want to go to, uh, pause on Sebastian for me. I want to go to Colossians 2, because it's actually addressing what C, uh, Callie just mentioned, and then we go to, to Sebastian afterwards. Mm -hmm. uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Verse, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, the Bible says, Beware! lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, 
according to the basic principles of the world and not according to Christ. Mm. Verse 9, For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in Him who is the head of all principality and power. And I just Amen. really feel that that really, uh, really buttresses what you just said, uh, Callie. It's very interesting here in verse, verse 8. Uh, he's not talking about philosophy in terms of majoring in philosophy, <laughs> but it's just this worldview that the world has. Mm -hmm. And it totally, you know, it, br it brainwashes mm -hmm. you. Yes. I mean, it yes. I mean, in many ways, I'm still out getting out of this brainwashed uh, world. Mm -hmm. uh, we all are. It's part of the sanctification process, so all please right. don't judge me. So in verse 9, <laughs> Uh, while we're getting out of this, in him all fullness dwells. And it's just the audacity that, uh, that we just think, I have more to gain from this little uh, degree than all fullness of all. In God. All. Yeah. Um, Sebastian. And to, to, to kind of go both ways, right, where we're taking Colossians back to Genesis 3 is mm. he says, you are complete in him. Mm. Mm. And when you look at uh, Genesis 3 and how God reacts after they don't take responsibility, after they're avoiding him, mm. after they're trying to sow fig leaves, his first reaction is to condemn the serpent in their presence, right? So his very first words are, cursed are you because of what you did, right? There's no investigation. There's no inquiry. You're, you're done because of what you did. And then verse 15, in knowing him as Adam and Eve in their sinful state, what is God's reaction to me now that I have fallen? Mm. Now that I've been beguiled by the philosophy of the world, he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman talking to the serpent and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So the immediate thing that God says, I'm going to restore supernaturally is enmity that mm. immediately what was lost in the fall of man in knowing God as a redeemer is he says there should be tension between you and the devil. Mm. Yeah. But because you've fallen, there's no tension. We naturally gravitate towards the things of false education. We naturally gravitate for more, for power, for success, for control, for exactly vanity. And he says, I need to put enmity there. And so the moment that we experience any sort of resistance to the principles of the world, we can be sure that something supernatural is happening in my life, that God is restoring me back to true education. And he's saying, you can't create that enmity. You can't make yourself dislike it. It is the work of God. And I think knowing God as Redeemer teaches us what is, my, what is in my power to do and what is in God's power to do. Mm -hmm. And therefore, more knowledge is not going to make me a better moral person. Mm. And so therefore, you Say that one more time. Say it because so, I think that's going to be underscored, italicized, and put it in a fortune cookie <laughs> on the refrigerator. It's the fact that more <laughs> knowledge is not going to make me more moral. I'm just creating an educated imbecile, mm -hmm. right? I'm creating a criminal mind that is just more statistic. Intelligent criminal. criminal mind. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, let me create an intelligent criminal and give you more information. But that's not going to fix the core problem, which is you don't know God. Therefore, the image that you're going to be replicating is a broken, fallen image mm -hmm. in the end, mm -hmm. which is now taking us completely off from our original purpose. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can piggyback. Uh, there are philosophies out there that talk about morality, that talk about goodness, wonderful things. Yep. But they acknowledge that good exists. They acknowledge that good must be kept. They, mm -hmm. it's, and we, I think as a, as a Bible-believing Christian, I would wholeheartedly agree but there is no path to right. that. There yes. is no, no transformation 
into that. And when mm -hmm. I look at more of the human condition, I'm like, this is impossible. Mm -hmm. So again, it's this, <laughs> you have the carrot in front of you and you can never yeah. get it because you're in this endeavor always to, to catch that carrot. Yes. So the question I have is this, there's people out there listening and again, we are waxing very eloquently here. <laughs> we got all these wonderful theories. And then the gut reaction is this. One gut reaction is like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. I don't understand. Reaction number one. Reaction, reaction number two is, I'm going to quit school. I'm <laughs> going to go on top of a mountaintop and you know dwell upon the goodness of God and then have a rainbow come between my two hands and you know ah. meditate upon goodness. <laughs> what, 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 what are some practical takeaways that when people, uh, when they finish this uh, lesson study, when they finish watching the show, they're like, you know what, I, wanna, I want this to happen. Uh, what are some takeaways? Is that a fair question to ask, Siku? You're breathing I mean, in, which means you're going to speak out. Yeah, I, I think one one practical thing is the world the world doesn't have a lot of pictures of what it looks like to be successful and godly, um, mm. and the world would benefit from that. Mm. So one one take takeaway for me in learning this stuff is, Lord, make me like Sebastian was saying, I can't do it on my own, mm. but transform me into that which you intend, you know, for, for my life, right? So mm -hmm. in whatever area that I endeavor in, make me a success as a picture of what you can do in the life of someone who is surrendered to you. And that is the work of redemption in my life. So mm -hmm. in, when, when I was a student in my academic pursuits, help me not to, for me, like when, when I was studying, I would work very hard to be at the top of my class. And it was totally to crush those who are under me. Beware everyone. Specifically, Beware like, we must crush yeah, them. yeah, no, and specifically it. for me, it. it was for I wanted to crush <laughs> all the boys. I didn't mind if a girl like beat me in a in a subject, but if a boy got a score That's where higher you went than to me, all girls school, it was very all easy women, to crush all the boys. All women, all women, all women. It's easy to crush them because <laughs> there were none to crush, and so you. Well, that was actually part of God working in my life was because <laughs> I was I was never going to go to women's school because mm. that was one of my goals was to show men that I could do way better than them, like no matter what, da 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 da, mm -hmm. da okay. Mm. God is working on my life still. Like but Amen. but part Thank of that was like, Jesus. Lord, teach me how to strive for success, not to smash the, you know, crush the person beneath me, mm. but for the right reasons, right? Mm. F out of a love for you, out of a love for a, a desire to know you better, a desire to understand you better. And then what I learned, let it transform my life mm -hmm. and make me into a more moral person rather than just a more knowledgeable person. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things is, you know, by God's grace to become those pictures of what the world is yearning for, the pictures of what a redeemed Christian looks like. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow, that's, 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 that's amen. <laughs> amen. 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 Sebastian? I was just going to say that a practical goal for me would be I want an A, but I also want to make sure that I'm more like Christ when this semester or whatever situation is over. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That would be my practical takeaway. Mm -hmm. My practical takeaway would be, and, uh, as Kelly said last time, is to take all these compartmental uh, lies parts of our life and integrate them with the Lord Jesus, integrate with them God, with God and see how God bleeds into all these areas. We're so happy that you decided to join us and that you partake in our conversation. Continue the conversation on social media, whether it's on Insta, Twitter, or Facebook, or whatever, whatever we are on. We'll see you here next week on Inverse. God bless you.
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.